At Design Centre Chelsea Harbour, it's never been easier to discover what's happening in the world of design. Head to SW10 and you can browse 600 of the world's most prestigious brands in 120 showrooms, all under one roof. And it's not just for the professionals. If you need help and advice, there's a concierge desk and even a personal shopping service. It was really not done to spend money on children. So, for example, she wasn't allowed to exhibit at Decorex in the beginning. Really? Yeah. She was barred from Decorex because in those days it just wasn't done to spend money. And then, very luckily for us, Princess Diana came to Dragons and it was all over the press. And so, once Princess Diana had been seen to buy things, then she was suddenly, it was decent. It was okay. It was okay. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses, hotels, shops and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and people mentioned. And if you're doing up your own home, hopefully you'll pick up some tips for yourself. delighted to be sitting with Lucinda Croft from children's shop Dragons of Walton Street which specialises in the design of children's bedrooms and playrooms including a whole host of royal babies from all over the world. So tell me how it all started. So it started with my mother being at home with four children surrounded by these entrepreneurs my father and my grandfather who was Sir Anthony Fisher who started the IEA, the Institute of Economic Affairs, and my uncle. And there were all these amazing men talking about their business ventures and all these exciting things they were doing. And I think it just got into my mother's blood and she just wanted to do her own thing so desperately. Um, I think of her as a sort of horse kicking at the stable door. And uh, she just had this passion in her and just wanted to find her thing. And she started off with an antique shop in Sussex and then I remember the conversations between her and my father and her saying, I really want to shop in London. I really do, I know just the place. And I remember the first time she brought all four of us children to London because we lived in the country in Sussex and we were on bicycles and she stopped outside 23 Walton Street and it was a very run-down shop that had rats, I remember. <laughs> I love how you remember the rats. <laughs> and I was very little and I remember having a conversation with mummy to say, you know, we really think you've gone a bit mad if the shop's got rats. Why would you want that shop? And she said, no, honestly, this street is the street, I promise you. And we're going to get rid of the rats. Don't worry about the rats, because all of us were fixated about the rats. And she got that shop. And then I remember coming out for an exeat for the opening in 1979. And she was absolutely terrified because she kept saying, what if I don't sell anything? What if I don't sell anything? And it had antiques mostly in the shop and then a few children's things at the front because she just loved children and started with these little hand-painted chairs from Spain originally. And then very quickly the children's things sold faster than the antique things. Combined with her being very frustrated not being able to find anything for us for children. And so she started to sort of draw on the back of an envelope things that she'd like made and she met this lovely cabinet maker called Stephen who still makes furniture for us. 
you are kidding. No, <laughs> he's amazing. He's amazing. And she would fax him very bad drawings on the back of an envelope, if he was lucky, with a coffee stain on it as well. <laughs> Could you make this for me, please, not too expensive? And fax drawings to him. And then he'd fax something back to him and go, yeah, it could be like this. And she was like, oh, yeah, I like that. Can you deliver next week? I mean, it was literally like that. And that's how it started. And then she always listened to her clients. And she always said her clients had the best ideas, which is so true. And so she listened to what people wanted combined with what we couldn't find for our bedrooms. And it just grew and grew and grew. But in the beginning, it was really not done to spend money on children. So, for example, she wasn't allowed to exhibit at Decorex in the beginning. Really? Yeah. She was barred from Decorex because in those days, it just wasn't done to spend money. And then, very luckily for us, Princess Diana came to Dragons and it was all over the press. And so once Princess Diana had been seen to buy things, then she was suddenly, it was decent. It was okay. It was okay. I always remember walking up and down Walton Street and you'd look in the window of dragons and there would be the most lovely little hand-painted chairs with names on. So you took over, um, you've now been there 13 years, is that right? Yes, yes. And so how has it changed? How has dragons evolved? Well, my mum very cleverly, being a mummy of four children and married, did lots of things to stop it growing because she always wanted to have the holidays with us and we were her priority, which she was very keen to tell us. So she spent a lot of her time saying no to people. And when I came on board, I came on board because very sadly she got very ill and very quickly. And my father in the hospital said to me, would would I come on as creative director while she wasn't well? And we all thought she'd get better. And then she very sadly died of leukaemia very quickly afterwards. So it was a huge shock. And mum always used to say work was a great anaesthetic. And I think she was really right. And I started at Dragons a week later. Sometimes I'd have to drive to Dragons crying in a lay-by, put some lipstick on. And then it was so hard because everyone would come in and tell me their stories of mummy. Mm. And there were so many amazing stories of her giving people chances in business terms and them flourishing and so when I started I mean the first two weeks I thought she was going to walk in and tell me off because (laughs) any idea I ever had for dragon she'd be like it's my business I know what I'm doing because she was so strong-willed which we loved about her but I just longed to make it bigger I longed to go out into the world and I just knew that people there were other people in the world that would love our things. So one of the first things that we did was me and my father did a deal with a business in Russia and they bought the Russian Federation for 10 years. And that was terribly exciting. I used to joke with my dad that this was homeschooling and he could be with some grey man in a suit and he had me instead. <laughs> Lucky him. Oh, uh, well, I don't know if he always thought that, but we did have a lot of fun. And then going to Moscow for the opening and... It felt so exciting because we were this little tiny British brand alongside Dolce & Gabbana and Gucci and all these big brands. And we were the only British children's brand that had sort of managed to make this leap to Moscow. Had this beautiful showroom. And that was terribly exciting to do something big and wonderful. And then we launched the website doing e-commerce. Then years later, I met this amazing couple in the shop. She was just had a natural eye, a real talent. And I sort of rather cheekily said to her husband, you should let her have a shop because she spotted all my new things. And then they decided that they would have a shop filled with dragons things in Doha. 
and that was amazing real privilege and we do design weeks where I'd go out with one of the interior design team and we'd go into these women's houses and do interior design projects and it was just so incredible and such a privilege because these are people who you know you couldn't get to normally you know they were all through friends of friends. the Beatrix Potter and the Flower Fairies in Paddington because you own the copyright copyright yes. for having I mean that's quite something an extraordinary thing for a children's shop yes and I, I don't even know how long we've had them I reckon over 25 years yeah we've had them and it's so brilliant so we have to replicate the artwork exactly as Beatrix Potter did it or exactly as Cecily Mary Barker yeah um so it can be as close as possible to the original artwork and then we have to get approval. But we've had Beatrix Potter so long that we, we don't get approval. And famously, we did some watercolours once, and I remember one time, probably about ten years ago, them saying, we don't think you should do this because they're just too like Beatrix Potter. Um, <laughs> which is a really great compliment. That's the point. Yes, exactly. I thought that's what we were trying to do. And we're, we're very blessed with our artists. So we have a team, we have a studio in Sussex that's filled with our artists. And two of our artists have been with us 40 years. Um, my mother famously found them in the Friday ad, which is a little tiny throwaway paper in Sussex. And she put an advert in there, Wanted Artists. And I remember Terry walking up to the house and he had long hair and a black leather jacket. And I remember thinking, Mummy's not going to like him very much. <laughs> He's got leather leather jacket and long hair. And how wrong was I? He's been with us 40 years and he's amazing and he's really like the Dragon's Encyclopedia. Of all the different artworks, all the different paint finishes, he's our master paint finisher and he's just incredible. And any opening of anything, I always want Terry by my side. I was like, Terry, I don't know what I'm going to need you to do, but I just need you to be beside me. We're doing this, we're opening in Harrods or we're doing this and he's just incredible. So tell me the sorts of things that you're now doing because it's now an interior design service as well. So I think that's been very exciting. I think when you have an old brand, so we're 40 years this year, people often think they know what you do. And I found that really frustrating when I first joined Dragons because people say, oh yeah, I know what you do. You do Beatrice Potter. And I'd be like, no, but we do a whole lot of other things. And I found it so difficult through the years to show people the other things that we've done. And our interior design side has been going for years, but we haven't been very good at telling people about it. And we've done some really innovative products. concepts. So, for example, last year we had a client who asked us if we could design a helicopter room. And I didn't know how we could do it, but I said, yes, absolutely. And I met this wonderful man who we call Q, after James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because he does. He works in his workshop and he just comes up with these incredible things. So I said, I really need a helicopter. And I did some very bad sketches. And he was like, yeah, mm, let me work on it. So he worked on it. And then we built this helicopter bed that has an upstairs desk. It has night vision. It has a joystick. It has a walkie-talkie. It has a USB port. I mean, it really is amazing. And it's I made... One. Yeah, seriously. And it's made in fiberglass. So the little boy, Zach, who has it, is besotted with it. I mean, it's bes- he is besotted. And he climbs all over it. And his mother says it's the talk of the town. And it is something I'm incredibly proud of because it really is a one-off. So 
How different is it now for new mothers coming to you? What are you offering that's different to what your mum would have been offering? Mm, that's a good question. I think um, we always want to get that feeling of sanctuary and peace because I think as I've watched mothers over the last 12 years, I think a lot of them are very anxious because of the internet. You know, they look up all the things that could go wrong and it's like they've got to know all this stuff very quickly and they can be quite stressed. And it's such a wonderful time of life. Yeah. I mean, it is gorgeous. I am always going to be one of those people when I'm 100, you know, kissing babies. I just love babies and children so much. So I think when you come into Dragons, we always want to get that peaceful feeling so you can feel calm. And that's always what we want to get in our nurseries. So there's a room away from the rest of the house. So there's no jobs in there. You're not looking at papers you haven't attended to or washing or any other thing. You're just in this amazing space that's got some imagination too. I remember when I was little going to bed early and, you know, there wasn't very much on the wall. So I always want Dragon's children to have lovely things on the wall so you can capture their imaginations and tell stories. And and it is incredible whenever I meet a Dragon's client, they'll go, oh, I had this artwork, I had that artwork, I still remember. And it just bypasses their heads, I think, and goes to their hearts and creates a very special memory when it's got artwork on it. And what about um, technology in a nursery? What, what are your feelings about that? Well, we've learned a lot about that through this brilliant company called GeoVital. And what we've discovered is it all came to light for us because a lot of parents were putting their children's nursery in the old office, uh, which had the Wi-Fi router in. And so it got us thinking about mm, the Wi-Fi router. Mm, we should look into that. And then we met these experts who educated us about the different types of radiation that there is. You know, there's electromagnetic, there's the natural, then there's the radiation from Wi-Fi, and how bad that is. And sort of lots of people don't really want to know because they don't want to be inconvenienced. But we're saying embrace technology, have it downstairs. But upstairs, it's been proven that it interferes with the sort of rest and rejuvenation that needs to occur in a child or anyone sleeping. So we encourage people to have like a little timer on their router. So it goes off maybe to 11 and comes back on at 6 in the morning and not to have any Wi-Fi routers upstairs. Um, because I think in years to come, there'll be hotels where you'll be able to say, I want a, a room that's got no Wi-Fi in it when, when I'm sleeping. And are there any other fail-safe you can put around the room? Yes, there totally are. So if you're keen on having Wi-Fi upstairs, there are these different things you can do. So you can use this paint that's got this kind of steel in it, and it works to create a, what's called a Faraday barrier. And there's also fabrics that you can use. So let's say we discover doing a survey that there's an electric magnetic field coming from your neighbour, then we'd paint that wall with this steel paint. Um, and you know you, there are things you can do to protect your baby but I think it's much more important than we realize right now I really do so it's not just about having a pretty beautiful little nursery with your cotton or your frills and flounces if that's what you're after but you can also help in other ways as well that you wouldn't necessarily consider what about plastics as well are you finding that people are looking much more for organic mattresses and bedding. Yes, they have been for a while, and we sell the first 
So in England many years ago they passed this law about fire retardants, which we've also discovered are carcinogenic. So we're the only company that sells geovital mattresses that are made of carbonated water, but also fireproof, but they don't have the toxic fire retardant on it. So that's been amazing, being able to bring that to market and to educate people about that. And then on the plastics front, well, we've always had wooden toys, which I'm terribly pleased about. Mm. We're suddenly avant-garde because we always love to paint things on them, paint names on, personalise them or paint a cartouche on them. So we hardly have any plastic toys anyway. But yes, people are definitely thinking about that. collaboration last year with Juliet Travers for this very very beautiful cherry blossom wallpaper that was quite an adult scene with the trees sort of weeping over onto one side and all the cherry blossom falling which you quite rightly said you could use in a nursery or even in a bedroom setting tell me how that came about well it came about because I love Juliet Travers work and I knew that this artwork called Linen Blossom was super successful so I'd already done a fabric and a sheer and I thought lots of people want murals but actually getting a muralist on an aeroplane it can be very expensive and then you're paying for the hotel and everything and trees were very popular and I love cherry blossoms and so I said Juliet would you consider and I wasn't even sure if she'd say yes and she said yes I was so excited and it was just such a lovely collaboration because we both so dovetailed on our taste and I just loved the idea of a cot or a bed or a sofa being underneath the blossom tree so we designed it so you could fit a cot or a sofa or a bed just falls perfectly and it's just so peaceful and lovely and I also love to innovate so whether it's in furniture or something and that was using state-of-the-art innovation with a digital technology done in Because it really does look hand-painted, it's so fine. It's amazing, they run the machines at night because it takes so long, it's like a sort of giant sewing machine that goes for miles from one side to the other and filling in the colours for you and just getting the original paintbrush strokes and things in it, it was just such an education just love the whole process and I'm so pleased with it and we sold out so that was so exciting to sell out of the first batch. And do you ever have clients coming back to um, to see you sort of saying oh I've got a chair you know can we have it or I've found this in the attic or I've loved this for so long? Or... Yes absolutely we have just been doing this for years and now we're so on it which I'm so glad so our repainting service it's been amazing so taking a brush seat chair and putting a different name on it for someone or a chest of drawers that maybe the knobs have got a little bit bashed and then we take it back and just do it a once over and put some more paint on it and just freshen it up and it's so lovely how people are so emotionally attached to things we once had a lady who dropped something off and was determined she's going to have it repainted. And she rang me first thing the next morning in a terrible panic. And she said, I can't go through with it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no, I can't go through with it. I just love it too much as it is. Please don't touch it. I was like, fine. <laughs> so presumably she then bought a new one. Yes, I think yeah. she did. But it is funny because, you know, it's a tie with your little one. And yeah, you just totally. so remember that chest of drawers with your little one. We've still got Archie's cot and he's 20. And uh, so we're just as bad as everybody else. So you just do get attached to these pieces. Oh, how nice. But the, but you can have them repainted. And, Actually and from scratch. And we've done that as well. We have taken 
you know, sailing boats on and just completely taking them off and then go on a totally neutral colour and then they cannot believe that it's the same furniture and they're like, wow, it's amazing. And it's just such a good use of resources. Yeah. So what's exciting you about the future? You've got the new store opening. So I'm very excited to move back to Walton Street. So uh, it was so lovely. Last week we were in 150 Walton Street with the builders and the vinyls started to what go on the window. What number were you before? 23. Okay. So we're sort of in the middle of the street. And I actually felt quite emotional. I was Did like, you? oh my gosh, this is actually happening, you know, because yeah. there's so much negotiation and then the lease and, yeah. you know. And I was like, oh, so much of my life has been on Walton Street, you know. And I used to come back and visit Mummy from Exiat to come to Walton Street. Had my wedding dress measured in the shop. Did you? Yes, <laughs> in Walton Street. Oh. Um so I was actually so moved. And also I know so many people on the street since I was little, you know. Yeah. So that was lovely. So I'm really excited. And I'm excited to have all of Dragons in a bigger space. Yeah. So when we moved to Ellison Street, we were still in Harrods and we thought we'd stay in Harrods. So we thought that would work. But then we came out of Harrods and unexpectedly because they changed the rooms. So then we had this smaller showroom than we needed. We're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And it took ages, and then, you know, finding 150 Walton Street was such a gift, it really was. Maybe it was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. You never know. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Lucinda. It's, an, it's been absolutely fascinating, and um, if anyone wants a treat or to be taken back to childhood, or if you're expecting, have a little look on the Dragons of Walton Street website, or treat yourself to a visit to the shop, because it, it's, it's so beautiful, it just, it's like stepping back in time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at carolwannett and keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.